0: Welcome to the Recent Speeches podcast, presented by BYU Speeches, featuring inspiring new devotionals and forums given each week on BYU campus. Be sure to check out our other podcasts by searching BYU Speeches wherever you get your podcasts, or by visiting speeches.byu.edu slash podcasts.
1: Uh, Today's special devotional, Uh, is a worshipful contemplation of the coming of the Savior into the world, to lead us, to teach us, to set an example for us as we interact with each other, and to complete the great and lasting sacrifice that enables each of us to overcome the world, to experience joy in this life, and to return to our Father in heaven. In this gathering today, we hope you feel the spirit of the Lord's invitation to all who are his covenant disciples to love one another as he loved us and loves us. You'll hear voices from all across campus today testifying of the great gift we celebrate at this time of year. They will bear witness in song, dance, and spoken word and I'll add my witness to theirs of the joy and solace that can come to each and every one of us because of Him, our Savior Jesus Christ. As we begin, it is my privilege to introduce a message from President and Sister Reese. They are not in the Marriott Center today, as they're abroad, sharing the unique light of BYU elsewhere, as they constantly do here on our campus but President and Sister Reese really wanted to be a part of this gathering today. And so before they left, they prepared a special message for us as we began our devotional.
2: Hello and Merry Christmas. We wish we could be with you today, but are grateful for the blessings of technology that allow us to share our love for you during this special devotional.
3: We love Christmas time. It's a time when we engage with some of our favorite traditions. Traditions that foster feelings of togetherness, of goodwill, and of holiday fun. And more importantly, it's a time when we all strive a little more to keep Christ at the center of our thoughts.
2: A common theme throughout Christmas is that of joy. In Matthew chapter 2, we read that when the wise men saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Angels shared good tidings of great joy with the shepherds. The birth of the savior of all the world was and remains a cause for great joy.
3: President Russell M. Nelson reminds us that quote, when the focus of our lives is on God's plan of salvation and Jesus Christ and his gospel, we can feel joy regardless of what is happening or not happening in our lives joy comes from and because of him. He is the source of all joy. We feel it at Christmas time when we sing, joy to the world, the Lord is come, and we can feel it all year round. For Latter-day Saints, Jesus Christ is joy.
2: Part of becoming the BYU of Prophecy is embracing our role as disciples of Jesus Christ and sharing his light with all the world. In his 2022 Christmas devotional, our beloved prophet, President Nelson, invited us to spread joy by serving others. He said, quote, there is no better way to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ than by lifting, loving, and serving others. The world needs the light of Jesus Christ and the world needs your light, close quote. When you look around the Marriott Center today, you see friends, coworkers, mentors, coaches, professors, and more. When they look around, they see you. Imagine the comfort, service, and joy that could be exercised for the benefit of the world simply among the people in this building. The words and performances you experience here today may make you think of people in your circle of influence that need a greater measure of joy. They may be feeling lonely or discouraged. You may be feeling lonely or discouraged. We all do it one time or another. This Christmas, I hope you foster a tradition of reaching out in friendship and faith to the people around you. That's one way to share the unique light of BYU and the joy that comes through Jesus Christ with your neighbor and with the world. Merry, Merry Christmas, everyone. everyone.
1: We love President Sister Reese and are so grateful for them. Well, we hope you enjoy the remainder of our campus Christmas devotional. At the conclusion of it, the concert choir will sing two verses of O Come All Ye Faithful. We then invite the congregation to join in on the third verse. Following the closing hymn, the benediction will be given by Alex Hill, a freshman studying exercise science from Layton, Utah.
4: This is a story of college friends, Alfred and Arthur. They went to Cambridge together in the 1820s, a couple of poets who joined a group called the Cambridge Apostles, a group that got together every Saturday to talk about art and religion and politics. Alfred and Arthur wrote poems together and planned to publish a book of poetry in both of their names. Arthur even fell in love with Alfred's kid sister, Amelia, and she with him. It was one of those rare friendships that come along only a few times in a person's life and it was all too brief. On a trip to Vienna, resting on a couch after an evening walk with his father, Arthur had a stroke and breathed his last. He was 33 years old. His body was sealed up in a coffin and taken by sea back to England to meet his grieving family and his college friend, Alfred. Alfred got the news of Arthur's passing in a letter from Arthur's father, and that letter read in part, May that being in whose hands are all the destinies of man and who has promised to comfort all who mourn, pour the balm of consolation on all the families who are bowed down by this unexpected dispensation. Alfred read the letter to his sister Amelia and caught her as she fainted away. In the time that followed, Alfred looked for the promised comfort. He really did. He longed for it. But it was a long time in coming. Because Alfred was a poet, he began to write a poem to work out his feelings for the loss of his friend. It was a poem that would take him 17 years to write. The poem is 2,916 lines long. Have you ever heard nature described as red in tooth and claw? That comes from this poem. Have you ever had anyone tell you that it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved before? That's also from this poem. The poet Alfred, you may know as Alfred Lord Tennyson, poet laureate of England for much of the reign of Queen Victoria. And of course, he wrote a lot of poems, but this poem for his friend, Arthur Hallam, is among his most famous. In Memoriam, it's called. And as the poem fell stanza after stanza from Tennyson's pen over years and years, you can almost feel the grief and sorrow through which the poet fights for comfort. He writes...
5: I stretch lame hands of faith and grope and gather dust and chaff and call to what I feel is Lord of all and faintly trust the larger hope.
4: Ever faint is the hope of which Tennyson writes in his poem. But then Christmas, over 17 years and 2,916 lines, you have got to believe that at least some little part of the poem will be about Christmas, and it will. But even the Christmas parts of the poem begin bleakly like this.
5: With trembling fingers did we weave the holly round the Christmas hearth. A rainy cloud possessed the earth and sadly fell our Christmas Eve.
4: Maybe you have felt like Tennyson did. And maybe you've been surprised once or twice, especially if you're feeling down, by the good cheer of Christmas time. Alfred was. After the stanza about weaving the holly round the Christmas hearth with trembling fingers comes another part about singing Christmas songs. It goes like this.
5: Then echo like, our voices rang, we sung, though every eye was dim. A merry song we sang with him, last year impetuously we sang.
4: The poem goes on, and they who mourn the passing of their dear friend sing, and sing, as Tennyson writes.
5: Our voices took a higher range, once more we sang. They do not die, nor lose their mortal sympathy, nor change to us, although they change.
4: And finally, as if in a crescendo.
5: Rise, happy morn, rise, holy morn, draw forth the cheerful day from night. O Father, touch the east and light the light that shone when hope was born.
4: So goes Tennyson's poem, the poet rising up with hope and resolve in songs sung together in celebration of the coming of the Savior. It is no mistake that Christians in our part of the world choose to celebrate the birth of the Christ child, not so much in proximity to the time he was actually born, But just a few days after the year's longest night, just as the face of the world begins to turn back from what seems an incontrovertible winter, the world itself, like us, yearns for the light. And at this time of year, as if it were a symbol for the bright and hopeful promise of rescue born at Bethlehem, the earth itself begins to turn toward the light once more.
6: we is
3: William Chatterton Dix worked as the manager for a marine insurance company in Glasgow, Scotland, in the mid-19th century. But it was writing hymns that he loved best. In 1865, when he fell seriously ill and was confined to his bed, it was to writing that he turned for comfort. In the face of what would be near-fatal sickness, William wrote hymns enough to fill a book, inspired by the stories of Jesus in the Bible. It was the story of the coming of the wise men, Kings seeking to worship the one they knew would light the world that left William Chatterton Dix in a hush, writing with reverence the hymn of his that we know best. What child is this who, laid to rest on Mary's lap, is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch our keeping? So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh, come, peasant, king, to own him, the king of kings, salvation brings, let loving hearts enthrone him. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him laud, the babe, the son of Mary.
2: The celebration of this holy child marks just the beginning for us. From his birth to the example of his life and to the bright hope of Easter story, the Prince of Peace has the power to turn the hearts of people, beset by the difficulties and griefs of this world, once again to the light. In August of 2006, Elisa Worthland, wife of Apostle Joseph B. Worthland, passed away. Of his dear Elisa, Elder Worthland said, quote, she
1: was my strength and my joy, Because of her, I am a better man, husband, and father. I owe more to my wife than I can possibly express. I don't know if there ever was a perfect marriage, but from my perspective,
2: I think ours was. As Eliza was my greatest joy, now her passing is my greatest sorrow. Just two months later, in October of 2006, Elder Worthlin spoke in General Conference of the power of that Easter hope. Born at Christmas, That hope that fills the followers of Jesus and echoes in our hearts this season as we invite into our lives the great light of the Savior.
1: I think of how that dark Friday was when Christ was lifted up on the cross. On that terrible Friday, the earth shook and grew dark.
0: Frightful storms lashed at the earth.
1: Those evil
3: men
2: who sought his life rejoiced.
0: Now that Jesus was no more, surely those who followed
3: him would disperse.
2: On that day, those men stood triumphant.
3: On that day, the veil of the temple was rent in twain. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, were both overcome with grief and despair. On that Friday, the apostles were
7: devastated.
2: Jesus, their Savior, the man who had walked on water and raised the dead, was himself at the mercy of wicked men. It was a Friday filled with devastating, consuming sorrow that at the souls of those who loved and honored the Son of God.
3: I think that of all the days since the beginning of this world's history, that Friday was the darkest. But the doom of that day did not endure. Did not endure. Did not endure.
2: The despair did not linger
1: because on Sunday, the resurrected Lord burst the bonds of death.
4: He ascended from the grave and appeared gloriously triumphant as the Savior of all mankind.
2: And in an instant, the eyes that had been filled with ever-flowing tears dried.
3: The lips that had whispered prayers of distress and grief now filled the air with wondrous praise.
2: With wondrous praise. With
3: wondrous praise. For Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, stood before them as the first fruits of the resurrection, the proof that death is merely the beginning of a new and wondrous
0: existence. Each of us will have our own Fridays.
2: Those days when the universe itself seems shattered and the shards of our world lie littered about us in pieces.
4: We all will experience those broken times when it seems we can never be put together again. We will all have our Fridays, but I testify
3: to you. I testify to you. I testify to you. I testify to you. you, In the name of the one who conquered death, Sunday will come. In the darkness of our sorrow, Sunday Sunday will come. Sunday will come.
1: Sunday will
6: come.
4: Sunday will come.
7: I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So are recorded the words of the Savior in the Gospel of John. And we all look for the light. Look for the bright Sunday to dispel the difficulties of the bleakest Fridays. How does this light come? The light of the Lord we celebrate this season enters our lives when we know who he is and we try to do as he did. You may remember a person who, like Jesus did, reached out to you when you needed to feel the love of the Lord. You may remember a time when, following the Lord's example, you reached out to another in need, and the Lord filled you with the light of comfort, strength, and purpose. We all have such precious experiences we carry close to our hearts. Some of those experiences are like earthquakes, but most are like whispers. Here is just one. Shared with us by a former BYU student.
0: For Suzanne, going to college was her first time away from home. And as winter came on, distant from loved ones as she was, it was easy for her to feel alone. One day, feeling low, she went on a walk by herself. As she walked, she passed a yard in which a woman was raking leaves. Suzanne felt to stop. Can I help you rake leaves? she asked. "Uh, No, thank you. I don't need the help, said the woman. Suzanne kept walking. After all, she was melancholy, and she would already responded to the prompting she had felt to ask the woman if she needed help. But something stopped Suzanne. She turned again reluctantly to the woman. I think I was supposed to help you rake leaves, she said. The woman, who had at first neither needed the help nor wanted it, must have felt something too. She invited Suzanne into her yard, and together they raked leaves. After a while, the woman made hot chocolate for them both. As they sat to drink it, she looked at Suzanne and said, All right, what's the matter with you? A conversation that unfolded in which the woman, having lived alone for years, gave advice tender advice to Suzanne about how to live happily in her first year of college. Suzanne, now decades older, remembers how the Lord had seen her sorrow and her fear, and He had helped her reach out to another person in kind service. In that kind service, Suzanne found the balm she needed. Suzanne learned that her Heavenly Father knew her as she was, just as He knows you and me and every person. With the gift of his son that we celebrate at Christmas time, we are reminded that each of us is made in his image. And just as we reflect his image, we can reflect the way in which he loves us. As we reach out to one another like Jesus did, in this season or in any season, the light finds us and fills us.
1: It is, indeed, love that was born at Bethlehem and that we celebrate this season as our King, our Emmanuel. And as President Nelson so beautifully stated at last Sunday's First Presidency Christmas devotional, quote, we revere the babe of Bethlehem precisely because he later offered the incomprehensible infinite sacrifice in the Garden of Gethsemane and the cross of Calvary, unquote. We we think of the baby lying not in a bed, but in a feed trough, which reminds us that the Savior understands the things we experience because, as part of the plan of happiness, he came to live in the world as we do. Because of this, he can succor us in all the difficulties of mortality and bring joy into our lives, regardless of our circumstances. Students, faculty and staff, we love you and we wish you a Merry Christmas. May this holiday season be that holiday season where our whole campus community, in His name, and for his sake reaches out to all those around us who may need our help, when goodwill towards men is central to our thoughts. In that way, we may come in faith to adore him, and we are filled with joy that was born this happy morning. God be thanked for the matchless gift of his divine Son. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
0: Listening to the Recent Speeches podcast presented by BYU Speeches. Please check out our other podcasts, including classic speeches taken from our vast audio library, as well as other BYU Speeches compilations on love and marriage, overcoming adversity, by study and by faith. Come follow me, the Prophet Joseph Smith, and Jesus Christ, our Savior and Redeemer. Go to speeches.byu.edu and click on podcasts for more information.